Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Do you really feel that way? For He alone is worthy. Amen. 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 Thank you, choir. Amen. You almost had me convinced that it's not July. Scripture would say, Thou almost persuaded me. Amen. But what a wonderful presence of the Lord we have felt in this place today. I say today, there's been such a mighty move of God the last few weeks. God is up to something magnificent. Amen. And I would not want to miss a service if my life depended on it. Amen. You don't know what God's going to do. Amen. Just by you being here tonight. Amen. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And a moment ago we sang, I'm going to dance until you come again. I'm going to sing until you come again. See, some of us are lazy and are waiting on Him. We're just waiting on Him to come again. But God is looking for a people that would say, you know what? I am going to dance until he comes again. I'm going to keep coming to the house of God until he comes again. I'm going to keep worshiping and keep praising. I'm going to keep doing all the things I've always done until he comes again. Amen. Shake that lazy spirit off. Amen. It's creeping in everywhere and I don't want it on me. You ought not want it on you. You ought to just wiggle a little bit tonight. Amen. Cut a rug. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So good to be here tonight. Amen. As we are celebrating our Christmas in July. Amen. We've got some treats for you after service that you can fellowship or take with you home to go. Whatever you want to do. We don't have hot chocolate. We've got cold chocolate. All right, and some cookies, and amen, you're going to have an awesome, awesome night tonight, amen. But God's not through, amen, and I believe that there's a word for somebody here tonight. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read from the message translation, amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man. A man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. Did you catch that? There was a man, Simeon by name, a good man. A man who lived... In the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. Notice with me, the Spirit didn't lead him to the ball game. The Spirit didn't lead him to the mall. The Spirit didn't lead him home. The Spirit led him to the temple. 
If you want to see what it is that God wants you to see, it might be a good idea for you to show up into the house of God. It might be a good opportunity for you to say, I know where he's going to be. I know for certain God's going to be moving at Greater Life Church and I want to be there. Don't miss out on the miraculous. For the Bible says that as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With mine own eyes. With my own eyes I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. A God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations. And of glory for your people Israel. Down to verse 36. Anna the prophetess was also there. The daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, she was by now a very old woman. She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple area. Worshipping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time. Simeon was praying. She showed up. Again. There's something awesome that happens if you'll just show up. If you'll just get into the house of God. If you'll just show up. Who knows what might take place. She showed up and broke into an anthem of praise to God. And she talked about the child to all. Who were waiting expectantly for the freeing of Jerusalem. Tonight for just a little while I want to preach to you on this subject. Living in expectancy. Living in expectancy. Father we love you tonight. We thank you for that joy that fills our soul. The joy that the world did not give and it cannot take away. God, there is expectancy in our hearts tonight, God. And I pray that not tonight only, but tomorrow and next week and next month, God, there would be a continuing of an expectancy in every heart until you come again, until we see you face to face, until we hear you say, well done. God, let there be expectancy in our hearts this night. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody rejoice and let out a shout of praise and give God glory. Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. We have plenty of people who simply tap in. But there are others who live in. We have some that tap in the Spirit and some that live and walk and move and breathe in the Spirit. We have some that have expectancy every once in a while and we have others that live in expectancy. 
Some experience every once in a while and some experience the miraculous regularly. And we can say this is personality and we can say it's the favor of God because he's been better than she's been and, and, and they just look the part and, and they're more popular. But the word of God says that he is not a respecter of persons. But he did say that he was a rewarder to them that diligently sought him. He said that some honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. But there were others, he said, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And they shall be filled. So could it be that if somebody is getting blessed and somebody is getting rewarded and somebody is experiencing the miraculous, that it's not because God is picking favorites, but it's because there has been a somebody that has been praying. There's been somebody that's been expecting God to show up and do something. And they've been fasting and they've been seeking God. And God is rewarding them for their intent. If someone is being blessed, if someone is getting some kind of reward, there is beyond a good reason, there is a God reason. No one is here to ridicule you tonight. No one is here to shame you for your lack of expectancy. But we ought to be ashamed of ourselves sometimes for our lack of expectancy. That when we come into the house of God and we're just whatever will be, will be. We ought to be ashamed of that mindset. But we ought to come into the house of God expecting God to do something great. Expecting God to save somebody. We ought to come expecting somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. Expecting somebody to come to an altar and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Expecting God to move in a mighty way. I'm not talking about putting an unrealistic expectation on God. That if he doesn't do all these things in your itinerary, that he's not really God. But I'm talking about taking God at his word. And if he said it, that I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to hold him to it. And I'm going to believe on every promise. And say, God, if you said it, then I believe it. If you told me, then I'm going to wait. And I'm going to have a prayerful expectation. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to keep fasting until I see it happen and unfold. There's Expectancy in my heart. Expect means to consider probable or certain. To anticipate or look forward to the coming or occurrence of. Here in our text we find this man named Simeon. This man who waited for the consolation. He wasn't just a man. Scripture says he was a just man. He was devout. 
He wasn't showing up to church just when it was convenient. He wasn't just showing up when he needed something from God. This was not something he did just because it was a habit. Our text tonight said this was a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help. While others are living in their mess. And others are living in the chaos. And others choose to live in worry and fear. Here is the Simeon who said I am living in prayerful expectancy. I'm going to live every day praying and believing that God is going to do what he said he would do. While others were doubting, when others were walking away because it had been so long since God had been heard. Others got tired of waiting. Simeon kept living in it. I've come to tell somebody tonight, if you're living in it, then keep living in it. Keep serving Him. Keep waiting. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Don't lose hope. I know you're older now, and I know it's been a long time, but keep that expectation alive in you. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen just like God said that it would. In verse 27, it says, And He came... By the Spirit into the temple. You don't get led by the Spirit if you are living in the flesh. If you're living your life however you want to, don't expect the Spirit to just miraculously lead you to what you've been praying for. But if you are being a good, devout man and a just man and you've been living in prayerful expectancy and you've been serving God continually, then I promise you that spirit will lead you where you need to go. It'll get you to the right place at the right time to see the miraculous that God has for your life. It's not just for this one or that one. It's for you. If you would make up in your mind, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to go into the house of God. I want to see what it is He has for me to see tonight. This man was living in expectation. He saw the child Jesus and said, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light To lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people. It was an hour where it would have been easy to walk away. It was a time when not very many people would have ridiculed you if you had slipped behind the scenes and walked off. No one would have noticed because, well, they were all walking away too. After 400 years of silence and 400 years of hearing about it and hearing mom talk about it and grandma and grandpa talk about it, but never seeing it and now you're getting older and you still haven't seen it and we don't like to go 400 hours without hearing from God and feeling a touch and getting goosebumps up our back, but these people went 400 years with this void. That is a lifetime of void. A lifetime of generations gone by. Not just me, but my mom and dad never heard his voice. My grandparents never heard his voice. Could you imagine with me tonight? Put yourself in their shoes and tell me you would be here tonight. 
Tell me you would be in the house of the Lord tonight if it had been 400 years since anyone in your family had ever talked about God and ever told you about His healing power and told you about His goodness and His faithfulness. There'd be an empty building here tonight. And yet we still find some who are living in expectancy. Coming daily, expecting God to show up. Expecting God to be here any minute. Expecting God to do something. Expecting God to heal. Expecting God to move. That ought to encourage somebody here tonight that you haven't had a promise answered and you've been walking faithfully and you've been serving God and you've thought about walking away and throwing in the towel. But you're reminded tonight there's blessing If you will remain faithful, there is blessing if you keep showing up to the house of God. Because there's going to come a day where you're going to walk in and there He is. Your salvation, your help, your Redeemer, the one that's come to save your soul. Talk about joy. Talk about joy that flooded His soul that day. I don't know how he hold that little baby in his arms without giving that baby shaken baby syndrome. Don't you know there was so much excitement and joy that filled Simeon that day as he sat there knowing who he was looking at, knowing that this precious baby, this child that is the Christ, his Redeemer, he said, all right, I've seen it all. You can take me now. It's as good as it's ever going to get in my lifetime. You can take me anytime you want to. But that doesn't happen if you check out. That doesn't happen if you quit. That doesn't happen if you stay home. That happens when you are filled with prayerful expectation and hope that you're going to see something someday. And not just Simeon only. But the Bible says that Anna departed not from the temple. Worshipping night and day. She lived in it. She coming in, the Bible says, that very time. The very moment all of this is taking place and Simeon is sitting there holding Jesus, she walks in. A woman woman who at this point was well into her 90s, possibly older. And she began to speak of him to all of them that were looking for redemption. All of them that had lived their lives waiting. Is it ever going to happen? Are we ever going to see it? Is my miracle ever going to come? Is that answer ever going to come? Is that healing ever going to take place? And Anna's sitting there watching, knowing that she's about to get to be a herald. She's about to get to tell everybody, He's here. He's here, the one that we've waited for. He has finally showed up on the scene. This is not just another baby. This is not just another one in the temple. But this is the one that we've been waiting for. This is the one that you've been expecting. What an honor that day for a widow woman whose mom said that her great-great-grandmother used to tell stories 
of their God who was the same God who created the very earth, who spoke in the very beginning. This God who talked to Noah and talked to Moses and led them. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That same God is now in flesh right here in my very presence. The one I've only heard stories about is here in the house with me tonight. You get to experience that tonight. What somebody else only heard a story about, you get to experience in the house tonight. He's here tonight, church. He's here tonight. If you've come expecting, if you came and you've been waiting, I've come to tell somebody he's here. She had heard how that prophecy said that there would come a redeemer. And now, look, the one we heard about is being held by another. Another who has lived in expectation. Anna spoke about Jesus to all of those waiting expectantly. Here is this small child who Simeon recognized and he knew who he was and what he was here for. Some had believed that He would come as this great champion, this mighty soldier and warrior. Some believed he would rise to be this great king and come as this full-grown man ready to conquer the world. But there were some known as the quiet in the land. They had no dreams of violence and of power and of armies with banners. But they believed in a life of constant prayer and quiet watchfulness. Until God should come. They believed in living in expectancy. It's easy to catch expectation and that fire when you just witnessed a miracle or God just touched you and, and you know what he's capable of and you get it and you're, oh, I believe I can, God can do anything. I just saw him do it. I, I just experienced it. It's easy to have expectancy when God shows up and He starts moving and He starts speaking and, and the praise team is on it and the choir's got it and there, everything's just flowing and there's no hiccups and, and you're sitting there thinking, man, I, maybe something can happen tonight. Maybe, maybe God could break through tonight. Maybe tonight is my night. You see, that is easy to get an expectation then. But what about when it's been years? Of silence. What about when you've been hiding in the darkness? What about when you can't seem to get out of that place that you've been in and you don't know if it's ever going to come and ever be a possibility? All of their lives, they waited quietly and patiently upon God, living in expectation. Simeon lived in the prayerful expectancy of help. He was waiting for the day when God would comfort his people. Anna, too, was one of these quiet in the land. We know nothing about her other than these few verses of Scripture here in Luke, where he tells us she was a widow, a widow who had lost her husband of only seven years. Seven years, and then the rest of her life was spent as a widow. It would be very easy for her to grow bitter and to have a hardened heart, 
it would be very easy for her to cry and to stay at home and to say, you know what, I, I can't do this alone. And, and some of you have felt that sting and you know what it's like and you don't know how to go on without your significant other and you don't know how to keep making it. But Anna lives as a testimony to you that there is blessing in your faithfulness. There is blessings in you showing up and saying, I just want to be in the house of God. I want to have expectancy in my heart that says anything is possible. I want to continue worshiping like I've always worshiped and continue praying like I've always prayed. In fact, I want to be in His presence all the more because when I am lonely, He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When I don't know what to do, I can come into the house of God and He restores my soul. Oh, no wonder Anna wanted to be there day and night. No wonder she loved the presence of God. There was expectancy there in her spirit. Sorrow can make you hard or bitter. Or it can make you kinder and softer. It can despoil us of our faith or it can root faith even deeper. And we see by her continuing to do what she had always done... Anna shows us such resilience in her spirit. She was 84 years of age and she had never ceased to hope. She never gave up. She never quit giving up. It wasn't an option. It was just how she lived her life. The years can take away our hopes that once we cherished. And it would be so easy to grow content and say, well, here I am. Nothing's changed. I'm into my 90s and I still haven't seen any sign of hope. My mother never saw it. My grandmother never saw it. I've heard about it. I heard that it could be someday. But is it really going to happen? Is that miracle really going to take place? And had she walked away and gone home, nobody would have scolded her. Nobody would have shamed her. After all, we all kind of feel the same way. It hasn't happened for you. It hasn't happened for you. It hasn't happened for you. Let's all just pack up and go home. But there were people there. They were quiet in the land. They may have been quiet in the land, but they were noisome in the home. They were on their knees praying with prayerful expectation. They were going into the temple and believing that God was still who He said He was. And that He was coming back again to redeem His people. That He was going to work miracles, signs and wonders. There's some prophecies that have been fulfilled to this point. But there are a whole lot more that have yet to be fulfilled. And so I'm living in expectation that God God is going to show up and God is going to move and God is going to keep his word. And I tell somebody here tonight, there have been prophecies fulfilled and God has worked. But there are still some more promises and more prophecies that God has yet to fulfill. And I've come to tell you tonight, don't you stop expecting it. Don't you stop waiting on it. Don't you stop showing up, lingering, waiting on that promise to show up because God is going to do it. She never ceased to worship. She never ceased to pray. She spent her life in God's house with God's people. 
The years had left Anna without bitterness and in an unshakable hope. Because day by day she kept in contact with him who was the source of her strength. Day by day she was entertaining the presence of God. Maybe if she hadn't shown up for a week or two weeks or three weeks, there would have been a drawing and a pulling away. But she said, I can't go down that road. I can't even open that door. I can't allow myself to stay home. I can't allow myself to not go into the house of the Lord. I've got to be there. I've got to be there. I've got to get into his presence. Because if I don't go a day, I don't know what that day will hold. But if I can draw strength from him then I know I can make it to tomorrow and on tomorrow when I go back into his presence I know I can go another day expectancy was not just something that showed up on the good days expectancy was what sustains you in the hard days expectancy isn't what you have when everything's going good and money's in the bank but you can have expectancy when everything's at rock bottom in fact brother Creel used to say it when you're down to nothing that means God's up to something when everything is rock bottom that's not the time to lose hope that's That's not the time to quit expecting. When you've hit rock bottom, that's the time to start looking up and say, all right, God, what next? What's going to happen? How are you going to pull me out of the miry clay? How are you going to redeem me from the lions? How are you going to save me from the fiery furnace? I'm expecting you to work and move. You're not tying God's hands. You're not forcing Him into a corner to do something. He wants to do it. He's waiting on you to expect Him to do it and expect Him to move. Expectancy is taking God at His very word. It says that Anna spoke of Him to all them that looked for redemption. I'm all for loving everybody and reaching everybody and witnessing to everybody. But I feel like sometimes we spend too much time with people who are not interested. Anna didn't go out into the streets and the ones that she knew didn't care. She wasn't going to the ones that had packed up and went home with their suitcase. She said, no, they, they, they missed it. They went home and packed their bags. They don't care. But there's some of you that are here and you care. There's some of you that haven't lost your hope. You haven't lost your expectancy. And I've come to tell you, you better be glad you ain't lost it because he's here. He's here tonight. He's finally showed up and she begins to, she didn't waste her time going to the devil and saying, ha ha ha, I told you. She wasn't wasting her time with all that. It says she went to all of those that were looking for that hope. All of them that had been looking and hungry and starving for something greater when you've lived in expectation you know who's hungry you know who's expecting God to do something great you can see the ones that have been praying and the ones that have been fasting and the ones that have remained faithful in the storms of life Anna was there and she gave hope to the ones who never quit looking for that hope expectation do you have it tonight is it an afterthought? Is it something that you get goosebumps and you think that that might, that might be expectation? Or do you have expectation in your spirit tonight that says, I truly believe that anything can happen. 
I truly believe that when I declare the word of the Lord, it's not my word, it's his word. And when I begin to speak it and declare it, it's not blab it and grab it, it's expectation that God is going to work and God is going to move. Last week we proclaimed the word of God when we said it's time. It's time. We're going to start receiving phone calls and letters and messages and words from God. It's time that we start doing that. Brother Mitch on Monday morning sent me his devotion for the day. It said it's time to change the way we pray. It's time to abandon safe, comfortable, predictable, and easy to pray prayers. It's time to pray with courage, to risk, and to open up yourself to a different path for a better destination. It's time to start praying dangerous prayers. It's time to be disturbed. It's time. It's time. It's time. Brother Brown grabbed me yesterday. He said, Brother Landon, I've got to tell you something. Sunday night when we were walking around doing our victory march and we were saying and declaring, it's time, it's time. He said, I've dealt with some health issues. My family's had some health issues and it keeps coming up. And I was, God, I'm tired of this. It's time. It's time for a healing. It's time you do something in our lives. It's time that you work, God. It's time that you move. He said he had a doctor's appointment this week and he's had AFib since 2014. Eight years of AFib and he's been on medication. Went to the doctor this week. They sent him to another doctor. They wanted him to do a EKG and all these tests and get him on the treadmill. And, and the doctor said, hey, I, I can't even wait till you come see me in person. I had to call and tell you this. You do not have AFib and I want you off your medication. I want it off now. Come on. That's what happens when you start expecting God to do something. And you just start saying, God, it's time. It's time that you show up. It's time that you move. It's time that you work. It's time that you do everything you said you were going to do. It's your good pleasure. You want to work in my life. You want to show up and show off. It's time. It's time. It's time. Yes, it's time. In Acts chapter 10, God gave Cornelius a word. He could have ignored it and thought he was crazy. But he sent for Peter and Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The Bible says, and Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. This wasn't no accident. I've been preparing. I've been expecting someone. 
I've been anticipating that there's something going to take place. I don't have it all figured out yet. I don't even have the gift of the Holy Ghost yet. But I'm expecting God to do something. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm prepared. I want to know what God might want to do. I want to see what might unfold if I would just give of myself. And it says, and behold, while I was doing that, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Verse 44, Peter gets there and he begins to talk to them and preach to them and tell them the gospel and everything God had showed him and said, you know what? I didn't think it was for you people, but God changed my mind. It's for you, and it's for you, and it's for you. And it says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, on all of them which heard the word. And they were astonished as many that came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they had heard them speak with other tongues. And verse 47, he says, can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens because there's somebody expecting God to do something. Even when you don't know what it might be. Even when you don't know how it's going to happen. There's a Cornelius out there somewhere that's been praying that says I don't know who it's going to be I don't know what day it's going to be but I've been fasting and I've been praying and I've been expecting God to do something and when you live in expectancy like that God's going to meet your expectancy he said he would do greater things He said he would do exceeding, abundantly, above all you could ask or even think. So you're anticipating. You've got your mind set here. But God said, oh, I'm taking you here, Bubba. I'm going up higher than that. We're going to do something greater than that. Acts chapter 12. Here comes another group praying. It says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. The church had gotten together and the church had been praying unto God for him. The angel comes, helps him escape. He goes and he goes to the door where they're all at and they're praying. And he knocks on the door of the gate and the damsel came and hearkened named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Church, God has answered our prayers. Church, God has just worked a miracle. God has just done what he said he would do. God has met us here. And they said, you're mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And they said, it's his angel. It's not really him. It's an angel. You're, you're crazy. You're mad. 
Here we find some that are doing the right thing. And they're praying. They've come together as the church praying. But what they were lacking was an expectancy. They were lacking that mindset, God is going to do this. God is going to answer our prayers. And I'm thankful that Peter continued knocking. Otherwise, the doubters would have ruined the miraculous deliverance. But it's a shame that a man without the Holy Ghost has an encounter with God and great expectation. And the church sits by doubting when God does what we've been praying for Him to do. That a man who didn't have the Holy Ghost was sitting over there praying, saying, I just believe God is about to show up. I'm expecting somebody at my door any minute because God gave me a word and God showed up. I'm thankful for prayer, but I want someone here tonight to pray with expectancy that when somebody's locked up and somebody's bound and we get together and say, come on, I want to agree together and I want us to pray that God would deliver them. That when somebody comes through the door and says, they're delivered, that we wouldn't sit there and say you're mad you're crazy you're out of your mind but we would say yes I knew he was going to do it I knew God was going to move I believed it was possible I'm thankful that God did what he said he would do let's stand all over this house tonight There were a people that were looking for hope and looking for help. They were looking for freedom and looking for the promise. And I believe tonight we are living in an hour again where we're waiting on Him to come again. And it's been a long time. And there's been a long delay and perhaps some quiet seasons of your life. And again tonight... You're those that have lived with expectancy that I shall see the coming of the Lord again. I shall see Him in His second coming. Whether I'm the dead in Christ or whether I'm those that are alive and remain, I'm going to see the Lord come again. I'm going to see it. It's going to become a possibility. It's going to become very real. Here we are again looking for hope and looking for help. Looking for freedom and looking for the promise. Are there any Simeons? Are there any Annas in the house that says, Daily, daily, I'm going to be daily seeking God. I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to be looking up into the sky with expectation. Today could be the day. This could be the day He comes again. Living with expectancy in their heart. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. At the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man. Lame from his mother's womb. What's that mean? That means a long time. Whom they laid 
Every day. Every day. They didn't lay them in the alleyway. They didn't take them to the store. They didn't take them and lay them at the doctor's office. But they came every day and laid him at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us. And he gave heed unto them. Expecting to receive something from them. I know it's been a long time. I know I've been in this situation since I was born. And I've had this struggle for I can't tell you how long. And I've I've been here. But let me tell you something else. I've been at the temple gate every day. I've been living daily. I might not can go in there like everybody else. I may not can pray like everybody else can. I may not get to sing on the praise team or play an instrument. I may not get to preach. But I can sit here at the temple and I can expect something. I can come and expect something. We can shame him, we can mock him and make fun of him and talk about all the reasons. Well, he's there for a few bucks, he was a bum. We can say all of those things. But again, since birth he had been this way. And daily he went to the temple expecting to receive. Hear me tonight, if a lame man can come daily. If a widow can come night and day. If an old man can live with that hope, that expectancy in his heart. Surely there is somebody here tonight that expects God to do the miraculous. Layman, it may not be what you thought. But I've come to do exceeding and abundantly more than you asked for or even thought of. You're asking for alms, but I've come to do something greater for you. Layman, here's the contingency. If you quit showing up, if you quit being there, if you quit being faithful, if you quit expecting, then you're never going to get what God really has for you. The enemy wants you to get in self-pity. The enemy wants you to be in depression. The enemy wants to put you in isolation. Well, you'll go home and say, don't take me to the temple today. Don't take me there today. Nothing's going to change. I've been this way my whole life. I've been going there every day. But I commend this man that every day allowed his pride to be pushed aside so that somebody else could pick him up and say, I know you might want to stay home. I know you might want to be at home today and not go to church, but come on. Come on. Come to the altar with me. I know you want to stay here, but come on. We've got to get you to the temple gate. Don't you stop expecting. Don't you quit believing that today might be the day that you get more than you ever anticipated. Come on. Come on, greater life.
life. Come to the altar with expectancy tonight. Come with that prayerful hope of expectancy. God, I believe your word. I stand on your promise. I declare every prophecy, every word that you've spoken into my life. Ikatarabo satarabaha kata. 